amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman? Yeah... Uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch in the Rue, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis, inspiring people to be better, do better, feel better, look better, just do more with their lives every single day, or just get you through the night little pain relief, little nap, get you through the in-laws, whatever it might be that you need that night, SkyMint is there for you. Go to SkyMint.com for location information and specials. Just sign up for their emails. I get them every day. And there's a new special, our promo code, Couch and the Rube, sorry, Couch and Rube 20, Couch and Rube 20 for 20% off your purchase. Also, our Wednesday show Today, presented by our friends at Cask and Company Kitchen and Bar and Front 43 Neighborhood Pub, just north of Frandor and Lansing. We hope to be back there soon. It just had an outstanding sushi meal from there the other night. Uh, you know how we feel about them. Just a great place. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. You sound like it. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Okay. Doing good. We've got a fun show today, I think. There's a couple things. Obviously, there's an NCAA, or NCAA NBA championship last night. Yeah, There's, everybody loves Giannis, apparently. I love Giannis. He's hard not to love, right? I mean, here's a guy. Did you see the thing with him at, like, Chick-fil-A ordering 50 chicken nuggets today, the video? Sure. I mean, he's that outstanding. That is great, but everybody was complaining about Shohei Otani getting too much credit and being the face of baseball, and can he be the face of baseball? But it's kind of the same with Giannis. When it gets just run down your throat, you're kind of like, all right. Yeah, was, he's a great guy. The performance last night was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. He gets credit, definitely. That was one guy complaining about Shohei Otani, by the way. What, Stephen A? Yeah. And but he it, makes $12 million a year, so he, his opinion counts for a lot more than just one. Okay. Well, I, I think Giannis is – first of all, Giannis is a likable dude. It's hard not to root for him. I mean, you go back to his story, you know, sort of just growing up fairly, you know, modest means in, in Greece. and in, Calm down, Tom Rinaldi. <laughs> the tearjerker. It was fun to see – and it was fun to see him just sit there – and take it all in on the end of the uh, sort of on the end line, sitting on that that seat, and just I was thinking about Chris Paul and how he's gonna feel after not, after blowing four 
uh, series where he was up two nothing in that series. Yeah, not good. He didn't do it by himself, but you know the how, teams that he was on. How about Devin Booker, who probably today is taking a flight with Chris Middleton and somebody else on that team? Drew oh, Holiday. Drew Holiday over to Tokyo. That's got to be a fun nineteen hours. <laughs> you just lost to these guys. Yeah, but those guys are all buddy buddy now yeah. anyway. And Monty Williams going into to the Bucks locker room and his speech was great. So yeah, I'm happy for everybody. I'm happy for Bucks fans. Finally get one. So I also played the bet perfectly. I took the Suns halftime line plus two and a half and the Bucks game line minus five. Of course you did. Because that's everything worked out perfectly for you. That's what that's 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 how we do it. You have to. Uh we're gonna have uh Cody Van uh uh sorry, Cody Van uh, Cody uh Stavenhagen from The Athletic on here in a little bit to talk Tigers baseball. They've gotten fun. They've gotten interesting. Um, and I, I, yes. Tardes, it is time for the Detroit Tigers gambling update with Gramanito Couch and Jason Nick. I think we should play that again coming into the segment with Cody because he should hear that. Because that just, you know, if he's not a daily listener, that that even if you don't like what we do, that little bit right there gets you hooked gets you hooked a- a- absolutely no but i think there's a lot of stuff going on and you know he, he just got an article up now on um alavila talking about spencer turnbull and, and and jonathan scope and and just questions about the future and so i think people are now really intrigued about the future before this year it was sort of this dire all right what's going on with the five-year build how long is it going to be and now it's like oh wait a sec they're pretty good like is next year the future well, I mean, obviously, next year is technically the future, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right. does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Are you going to spend? Does Chris Illich want to spend? Correct. That's the main question. Correct. They won again last night. Just, I mean, the Rangers are freaking awful. The Rangers can compete in AAA right now, but most of baseball is awful. I'm starting to realize this too. The Tigers, unfortunately, in 2019, were horrible. But if they had played in this year's Major League Baseball, there'd be still like six teams worse than them. They're horrible teams. The, the Mariners are horrible, and they're like six games over 500. I don't know what the hell that is. Baseball sucks, but the Tigers don't, so that that's cool, and we're going to get into that with Cody here in a little bit. Um, and Avila, by the way, was up in the booth with Shep and uh, Jack Morris last night. Yes. He was making a lot of sense. Which is you, Thank you, yeah. Skyman. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like, man, it's like getting into it. I'm like, you know what? Avila ain't a bad guy. Wait a minute. Am I being duped here? Yeah. No, I... I it's fun to... It's, you know what? It's fun to watch this Tigers team, and I think... Most in part, it's due to A.J. Hinch, I would say, right? I think Hinch and, and Fetter, the, the pitching coach, has been fantastic. Yeah, I think that coaching staff is really good. But I also think, you know, Sparky Anderson, and maybe this is old school, used to say only a manager only makes a difference in five games a year. It feels like more than that right now. It feels like a lot more than that. This is like the best managing job I think I've ever seen. Jim Leland was pretty good, I think, in 05 when he sort of, when they got off to that rough start, or maybe it was 06, 06, when they got off to that rough start or at one point or they lost a, a game they shouldn't have where they played lackadaisically and he lit into them and it sort of lit a fire under them. But, uh, you know, that team was a little more ready than this team as a lineup. I mean, it's been pretty impressive what they've done if you actually just look at the roster, which is not that different than it was in, in April when they were absolutely awful. Uh, before we get to Cody, there are a couple other things that I, I think we should talk about. But first of all, we're going to have Desmond Ferguson on in a little while too. Later today, uh, no Harry today. Um, had a little scheduling conflict, no big deal. But Desmond Ferguson, who owns Moneyball, is coming on. Um, and one of the things you've seen with them is starting to sponsor 
uh, endorse athletes, college athletes. Andrell Anthony, for example, from East Lansing High School, is going to be a receiver at Michigan. And I'm wondering from their side of things where this is going and where they see the value in it and what they're looking for in return and what, you know. And Desmond was a former Division One athlete, played at Missouri, then Detroit, played a lot overseas, played a, had a cup of tea for the Blazers in the NBA. And so I'm curious what he thinks of all of this, and we'll get into that with him in a little bit. Yeah, also- because there's that story about Bryce Young. Uh, Nick Saban said Bryce Young has a, hasn't played a snap at Alabama yet and has almost a million dollars in endorsements. I think I'm going to write a column about this today too because I was going to write it early. I've been uh, it's one of those days where I've had a um, story I'm working on that on a, a youth coach in our area, not really related to them. And she was um taking up my my morning considerably, but I I and and not that I mind that. I mean it, it's a, it's a good story to write, I'm just saying. But the I want to get into this more because the perception of what's happening with Alabama and Bryce Young is this idea that if he's getting almost a million already, three weeks into name, image, and likeness, that's trouble for the rest of college football. I don't, I don't see it that way. Why I, is that? Well, but you don't think it's going to be a problem if a guy who hasn't even taken a snap is making a million, where a guy's been there for three years and comes in and watch this kid with new headphones, new backpacks, some shit like that. I just think it's just going to be a disaster. Well, it might be a disaster for Alabama's program, but I'm not saying for the rest of college football trying to keep up with the Joneses. I look at it more like, you know, you, you look at a situation where um, they're now going to be able to recruit at a higher level, people think. Like, how does how do you recruit against Alabama if they want your player, if they've got a quarterback who's getting a million? You know what I mean? That's, right. a, that's a hard deal. And the way my response to that would be a couple things. One, what the endorsement doesn't make Bryce Young any better. It just doesn't, right? It, 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 and so much of quarterback, quarterbacking is, is, is a crapshoot. Like, look at Michigan State, for example. The best quarterbacks they've gotten in recent years um, almost have been beaten out often by guys who are unheralded. You know, Kirk Cousins beaten out, or sorry, beats out Keith Nickel. Um, Damian Terry, you know, he doesn't uh, win the job. Messiah Weaver transfers. Like, it's such a crapshoot position to recruit – and only kids are going to want to go where they can move up the chain anyway, and where they can start. Um, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it being a huge issue because I think it's a hard position to recruit. There are so many quarterbacks out there; only one of them is going to get the million dollars at a time, and that doesn't mean that kid's going to be any good. This kid, we don't know if he's going to be good. He's a big recruit, right? Like, I mean, does that affect the coaches and how they think with these guys? If Bryce Young's getting a million dollars, starts off you know, on a three-game kind of a streak where he's having, you know, interceptions here and there, and they're maybe you know, losing a game, possibly. Do you pull Bryce Young now that he's getting all that money? Because everybody's sponsoring Bryce Young and be like, hey, what's going on? What? Will, it, will coaches have to play guys just because of their sponsorship? No. No, I don't I don't think so. But, there, yeah, there will be some issues in the locker room if, if one guy's making a million and a right guard is Nick Saban saying he's making none. Right. Nick Saban did it as a recruiting ploy, right? He said it to a group of Texas high school coaches and said, this is our brand. What I'm saying is, you know, we'll see if if that brand is really what brings in better talent with name, image, and likeness. I think the concern for Michigan State is that translates to Ohio State. But Ohio State was getting the best quarterback already anyway. So was Alabama. You know, the, the kid you're going after is a four-star kid. And sure, every once in a while you may wind up with a head-to-head to Alabama that you lose. 
but largely quarterbacks are such a hard position to evaluate and determine anyway that just because Alabama wants him doesn't mean he's better. Keith Nickel was supposed to be better than everybody. Kirk Cousins was better than him. Connor Cook was not the quarterback of the future. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks in Michigan State football history. It, it is so hard because it's what's between the years. It's, it's some of the things you can't see in development. And I just don't think it's going to be that big a deal. And the other thing is I've always talked about like the Cedric Irvin effect, where I think there will be some reverse recruiting going on, where Cedric Irvin, you know, before he went to you know, Michigan State, was a big-time recruit. Tennessee, Florida State, the top programs at the time in college football wanted him. If he goes there, he's not the megastar he became at Michigan State, at least not early. And in three years, he became a huge deal, a huge brand at Michigan State. He would have made a lot more money at Michigan State than he would have at the equivalent of Alabama or somewhere else now where he would have waited a couple years. And so that's a separate thing to look at. I just don't think it's that big a concern um, yet. And I think the quarterback position is what makes it really, really dicey. The backup quarterback's not going to get a million. And he's going to have to wait his turn. And there's the ability to transfer right away. And look, it's not bad for Alabama. I'm just saying... It, 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 I don't think it's the big deal that some people think it but is. But I think it, it could end up being a big deal, though, right? I mean, if teams have to f- focus and try to get their quarterback a million-dollar endorsement deal or they're going to lose it to this school or that school, I mean, there was cheating going on. And, and, you know, when there was this, there was no name, image, and likeness. So now it's kind of a legal way. I don't know any of the rules any anymore. Like, is, is there, like, a sheet of rules the NCAA put out of what this player can do or what an agent can do for him? I just think it's almost like a free-for-all right now. And that is it's just concerning. I mean, especially for a kid that's getting a million dollars, hasn't played a snap. Yeah, I don't know that that's great for him. You know, I, well, it's I mean, great for him. Well, it's great for He's him. He's starting well, off with a mill. It is. It, 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 but there's a lot of pressure that goes with that. Sure. You know, and, and I'm not – yeah, obviously the mill is great. and there, But there's a line, right, where – you don't want to have like if he comes out and struggles early, and now he's got a million dollars of endorsements also weighing on him, and you're a 19 year old sophomore. You know that's that's the position where maybe a little development without that pressure would be good. I'm not saying the million because, is bad, but but, I'm, but what have we always said? It's like these kids are just athletes; they're not getting paid. Now they're getting paid. Can we, are we are allowed to yell at them now? Right now that they're getting paid, are we able to boo them at the home stadium now that they're getting paid? Or are they still collegiate athletes where we can't really touch them? We can't say and critique them how we want to. I think they're still college kids, and I think you treat them like human beings who are college kids. But you can't boo them. Well, you can boo You can boo a team. I don't think you should boo a if individual. If he's making a million dollars, you know that's going to be brought up. That's going to be the first it's thing. A, it's a fair point. First it's a fair throw, question. <laughs> you know, first throw that kid makes if it's incomplete. They're a million-dollar kid. There we go. Nice million-dollar arm. No doubt. No, absolutely. That'll be a headline somewhere if, right. if he sucks. Million dollar arm, ten cent brain. That whole. I can deal. see it on the New York Post right now, front page. I can just see all the responsible journalism that's that's <laughs> coming ahead. It, it's going to be fantastic. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to talk some tigers with Cody from the Athletic Couch in the Root, presented by Skymet Premium Cannabis, and today by Front Forty Three Neighborhood Pub and Casting Company Kitchen and Bar. 
wherever you are on your cannabis journey and let sky mint premium cannabis be your guide your friend and your place whether you're curious about cannabis or a seasoned connoisseur sky mint's knowledgeable staff will help you with a vast selection of products to choose from to fit your needs sky mint believes access to the best cannabis helps people do good and feel good so they grow it right here in michigan giving you high quality locally grown cannabis at highly accessible prices visit skymint.com for special offers and location information throughout michigan and use the promo code couch and rube 20 for 20 percent off your first visit sky mint cannabis you'll love this place where else can you cheer on your team enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi sip on handcrafted cocktails or one of 46 beers on tap Take your game day or date night to Cask and Company Kitchen Bar or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30 60 inch TVs or stop in for the all you can eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Cask and Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing. This is Dr. John Wyckoff. Are you sick and tired of being tired and sick? Maybe an intravenous infusion would improve your energy or treat your underlying health issue. Find unique infusions at our East Lansing office, including IV vitamin C, ozone, ultraviolet blood irradiation, chelation, and IV nutrient infusions. Treatments to improve your stamina and treat most chronic health issues. Save 20% on all of our infusion packages during our summer IV infusion sale on now. Find out more at wycoffwellness.com. Find Couch in the Room podcasts on Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and the Rube's favorite, Podcast Addict. Couch in the Room, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis, inspiring people to do better, feel better, look better, and just be better every damn day of their lives. And also today by Front 43 Kitchen and Bar and Cask and Company Kitchen and Bar and Front 43 Neighborhood Pub that's just north of Frandor on East Saginaw and Lansing. Just before you get to East Lansing, if you're coming from Lansing, just in the Lansing, if you're coming from East Lansing, I think you know how we feel about this place. Go to caskandcompany.com uh, for their terrific menu options. Very pleased now. Uh, to talk some Tigers with Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic. Cody, how you doing, man? Hey, doing all right. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for taking some time. And um, one of the things, I mean, you do a lot of things really well. One of the things I really enjoy is the analysis pieces you do when you do them. And the the piece you have with uh, Al Avila and what he said and then what it means, I think is a really nice way of framing up what, uh, what came out of that. And I, I want to, first of all, for you, I feel good, by the way. I, I, as somebody who came onto this beat, um, <laughs> as the Tigers were in just the absolute pit of uh, a slow rebuild, this has to be a little bit of a jolt for you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my first year covering the Tigers was 2019, and you think, all right, I'm taking over um, this baseball beat. Like, this is my dream job, you know, like I made it. And then they lose hundred and. 14 games and by like may of that year it was pretty miserable to come to the park every day uh still tried to keep things in perspective they're their worst jobs to be doing but no doubt um you know the past two plus years have been very difficult there have been times it didn't feel like you were covering a major league baseball team there wasn't a major league atmosphere in the stadium uh slowly but surely that is that is changing or you could argue it's changing rather suddenly really since may 8th the tigers 
are I think 35 and 27. We, you know, there's a great crowd at Comerica Park this weekend. It, it, it felt like a major league atmosphere. It was definitely a, a jolt, kind of a reminder of uh, why I'm doing this, why I wanted to do this. So yeah, definitely. Uh, although I'm, I'm not necessarily tied to the team's win and loss record, the job is more fun when the team is not playing miserable baseball every night. No doubt about that. What's fascinating about it too is usually this stuff doesn't happen in season in Major League Baseball. Like, uh, you know, I know Hinch and uh, Federer are taking a lot of uh, getting a lot of credit. You don't usually see baseball managers, you know, make that sort of impact. It's not usually that sort of sport. And you know, a lot of it is a similar roster. I mean, you've you've added some some arms here and there, but a similar roster to what they had when they were very poor in the lineup. And now you look up and down the lineup and you go. Well, that guy's not bad. That guy's pretty good. Badu's turned into a heck of a find. Um, I, I d- does when you look at the lineup long term versus how you looked at it in April in terms of number of guys who might be part of the process going forward, has it changed dramatically? Yeah, I think there's been a significant shift toward youth, toward the future. Although it's not necessarily new additions to the organization. We've seen, especially under A.J. Hinch, a willingness to just move on if guys aren't performing. So some of these guys we've just watched struggle or be up and down the past couple of years, like um, a Jacoby Jones, like a, I mean, I guess Grayson Griner's back now because Jake Rogers is on the I.L. But we've seen kind of less Jones, Griner, Nico Goodrum. The Tigers just moved on from Nomar Mazzara, signing that, that didn't work out. Um, Kristen Stewart didn't even make the opening day roster. We've kind of seen a willingness to demand performance, and if you're not performing, they're going to go find someone else who can. It's helped that some young players who uh, whose stock was probably kind of down during this season have stepped up, and, and their stock, like a Jake Rogers, maybe a Daz Cameron, a Derek Hill, their stock is now back on the rise. Um, I, I think that speaks to, number one, just them getting more consistent opportunities. Uh, number two, I think they've been put in positions to succeed, to utilize their strengths. You look at a guy like Derek Hill, who's not a power hitter, probably not a guy who's going to hit above you know, 250 at best in the major leagues, but A.J. Hinch has really found ways to embrace Hill being an elite defensive center fielder. Um, being a terrific base runner, being a guy who can do almost old-school spark plug things like bump for a base hit, and yet it's it's working, and it's infused some energy into this lineup rather than some of these guys who are really just uh, placeholders for the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the lineup right now, how, which guys do you think could be um, – and, and some of these guys will definitely, I guess, get another year and depends who they add and stuff, but which guys do you think could be part of a lineup – that is is competitive for a uh, division title or at least a, a wild card berth. Yeah, I think that's one of the more interesting things to think about. For as good as the Tigers are playing right now, this roster is still probably going to look drastically different in two years. There are a lot of important decisions um, ahead. What do you do with the shortstop position? Is Jamer Candelario a piece of your future or is he not? Um, are you going to trade Jonathan Scope? Are you going to try to extend Jonathan Scope? What does the future of? Uh, second base look like it's it's kind of tough to see a lot of these guys still being around at least in everyday starting roles um, I think Akil Badu is absolutely proving that he is uh, not just kind of a development project I mean he's for real he leads the team and wins above replacement right now he's looking like he will have a serious role into the future as long as he continues at this rate um, 
Catcher's an interesting one. For as good as Eric Haas has, had played, like, is he going to keep it up? Uh, I think Jake Rogers is going to be on this roster next year. Now, is he your everyday guy, or is he a backup catcher who's, who's good at defense? We're still figuring that out a little bit, but I think, you know, Jake Rogers, you look at the pitching staff, and that's where more of the long-term um, additions are, obviously, with Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, Matt Manning, uh, maybe even Gregory Soto and, and Kyle Funkhauser and a couple of these guys who have emerged in the bullpen. But I think there's going to be some, uh, still plenty of turnover in the lineup. And the fact that some of these guys, uh, like a Derek Hill, like a Jamer Candelario, are playing well almost make the Tigers' future decisions more complicated because it is tricky to know, um, okay, you know, for how long is this guy here for this year and next year? Is he here uh, for 2025 when the Tigers hope to be serious, serious, uh, you know, American League contenders? So that's the, the timetable is an interesting thing, and and you know you you talk about in in, in your piece uh, today, uh, sort of analyzing what Avila said about the shortstop position, which I think is is probably the greatest glaring need. I mean, everywhere else you can you know maybe they have two of their three outfielders. You know, you can look at catcher and maybe they have it. You know, and things like that. But shortstop, I think, is pretty clear uh, at this point. What what do you think? I mean, is that going to be? the priority you think of the offseason and what do you think the the willingness to spend and go get a couple bats is going to be yeah I, I think shortstop has to be the priority you look up and down the organization there's not a clear answer at shortstop it's a premium valuable position you have cycled through several different guys at shortstop in the major leagues this year you just don't have an answer. Um, the big question on everyone's mind, there's a great shortstop free agent class, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Javi Baez, a couple other guys. You can even uh, – Marcus Simeon isn't as big of a name, but he's a heck of a player. Even Andrelton Simmons will be in that class. He's not a great hitter, but he's a gold glove defender. Um, I think that's the big question for ownership. Are you going to spend? How much are you willing to spend? what is smart to spend and what's not. If Carlos Correa wants an eight-year deal, are you going to give him that? Uh, I get the sense the Tigers are going to be hesitant going forward to give out contracts longer than five years, kind of to avoid why they rebuilt in the first place, having too many overpaid veterans and the play and the payroll gets bloated and you kind of get stuck with some of these guys where you have to trade them for spare parts. Um so how do you balance that with the willingness to win and contend? That's a terrific, terrific question. I think the fact the Tigers are playing so well right now does put some pressure on ownership to open up the checkbook this season. There's really, as far as I can tell, no excuse not to. The payroll right now is super low. They should have room to add to the budget. Um, now, do you go big and go after one of these big fish, or do you try to get more creative, maybe arrange some kind of trade for another shortstop? That's a question we don't quite know the answer to um, yet. In my personal opinion, you have a pretty rare opportunity uh, to get a, a plus-plus shortstop in the free agent market this winter, a guy who could really be a cornerstone addition to your franchise. Um, I, I think it would be tough for the Tigers to pass on that. All that said, it's not like uh, when if you're playing as the Tigers and MLB the show and you want to sign a player and you just jack up the number and hit the X button and you sign them. Like, that's not how it works in real life. Uh, there are going to be other teams bidding. You're going to have to convince a player to want to come to Detroit, to want to play for what's still kind of a rebuild in the Tigers. Uh, but I, I think it's a, a pretty important opportunity for Detroit to capitalize, definitely to add a shortstop. 
and I don't think it would hurt to add kind of another power bat, maybe in the corner outfield or, or somewhere else. But we'll see. There's a long list of needs still. The bullpen, you're going to need another starter. Um, that We'll see what happens at catcher. So the Tigers do still have a decent, decently long shopping list. Uh, and if nothing else, hopefully that makes this offseason very fun and interesting to follow. The draft they they get you know Jackson Job and and Ty Madden early on and and I mean Madden's a little bit closer obviously but when people talk about the rebuild like I don't consider those guys part of the rebuild what you're hoping is that Job eventually is ready when you've already got a team that's winning because on his timeline that doesn't really work for the rebuild where where you want it to be is that is that fair to say like you're looking at what you're drafting now is not for the immediate rebuild. Yeah, I think that's totally true. You're already kind of turning the focus ahead to when hopefully you are contenders, and now how do you stay contenders? It's through reinforcements. These guys are really reinforcements for the next stage of the rebuild when it's when it's not a rebuild at all anymore. Um, Jackson Joe, we'll see. I mean, he's 18 years old. It's it, He could be a great pitcher and still take four to five years to reach the major leagues. Um, it's crazy to say right now, but Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal will be free agents in about five years so in a way job could be replacing one of these guys uh there's a hope maybe he reaches the big leagues faster i think ty madden a college guy maybe he could be pitching in the big leagues sooner helping the tigers contend but uh, yeah especially with job some of these in the draft you know some of these draft prospects and the draft the draft ahead is not necessarily about trying to win it's about making sure that you can keep that farm system looking good um, and that you can you can win for hopefully longer than just a two or three year window. Can they keep this up this year? I mean, I know they're playing some bad teams right now. It seems like there are a lot of bad teams in baseball, but the I mean, it, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of energy. I, I can just tell it based on our audience in terms of the number of Tigers conversations that are that are brought up. I, I mean, but you look at the rosters we've talked about with holes on it, like, and you got you know. Guys going down with injuries now. It just it doesn't seem like this is sustainable. Does it feel sustainable at a at a five hundred or better level for the rest of the season? Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be so interesting to follow because just the energy and the momentum, the how well and clean most of the time the team is playing makes it feel sustainable. But then you really look. You remember this is baseball and it's a weird sport that's just tough to sustain success. I think all the injuries, especially. Um, are going to make it really difficult on the Tigers. Spencer Turnbull's now out for the season. Um, your pitching staff is just pretty decimated. Is Willie Peralta really going to keep pitching? You know, at a sub two ERA. Um, even guys like Eric Haas, who's been such a great story, how productive is he really going to be down the stretch? The Tigers, yeah, they've had a pretty easy schedule this month. They will for really the rest of July. It's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, what if we look up at the end of this month and they're hovering around five hundred and Six, six-ish games out of the wild card, and then you kind of start thinking, oh, like, could something really crazy happen here? All logic tells me that this team's going to cool off a little bit as we get to August and September. A couple guys are going to come back to earth, and the amount of injuries is really going to catch up to this team. Um, that's that's what logic tells me. That's what, you know, just kind of knowing baseball you would expect to happen. But sometimes – the cool thing about this sport is the unexpected can still happen sometimes. There's a really positive vibe 
around the Tigers right now, and uh, we'll see if they can continue to probably overcome some more adversity into August and September and, and just see where they they end up. Cody, I appreciate it. Next time we have you on, I didn't realize you were an Amarillo native. It'll have to be uh, George Strait's Amarillo by morning oh, yes, walking absolutely. you in. You yeah. know, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a no-brainer, Jason. We'll have to, yeah. uh, have, have to get that on. Um, love your work. Uh, I would urge people to subscribe to The Athletic. I think we've talked a lot here about how I feel about what you guys do and um, hope to have you on soon. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, anytime. Thanks. That's Cody uh, Stavenhagen. And I struggle with his name for one reason, Jason. There was a guy, A.J. Huggard? No, there was a guy who I covered at Western Michigan when I lived in Kalamazoo, by the way. A, oh, a quarterback yeah. briefly at the end. Mm-hmm. Tyler Van Tubergen. And I always want to say Van Tubergen instead of Stavenhagen. I don't know why. It's not it's that similar. It's been a long time, Graham. Yeah, I know. It's not, it's not, not Time not to great. move on. Now, good stuff there from Cody. Uh, again, you can find his stuff at The Athletic and does a nice job of breaking down sort of what Avila uh, is saying. Anything you took from that uh, discussion? Yeah, it was kind of a Graham Stout way of doing things. I know Cody can't really give a definitive answer of how this team is going to finish out, but I, I just I I'm excited to be able to actually watch the Tigers and not be disappointed every other inning. And the big question is, who do you keep from this team? Do you keep anyone? Are there cornerstones that you see on this team like Scope right now that can turn into that Pudge Rodriguez kind of guy that we've always talked about that they need? And in free agency, I mean, I know that they're going to be scared about the Miggy deal and giving another player a 10-year deal, but Carlos Correa, I mean, he's, what, 26 years old? And if he wants an eight-year deal, so be it. That's what you have to do. And that's just my biggest concern is, is Chris Illich going to let him spend? And that's the big concern, right? Yeah. And like he mentioned, with Casey Mize coming up and, you know, with a contract, like he mentioned a contract, are we going to start – are we going to resign guys? Or are we going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates – or are we going to be one of these teams that gets a star like the Miami Marlins and then all of a sudden go, wow, I'm not paying you. No, there's zero, there's zero excuse to blow this momentum. Like, if you do it, it's such a disservice. Then why are you – yeah, why do you own a, a baseball Exactly. Team? This is a non-salary cap sport, Chief. You know, like, I, I'm sorry. You don't, you, don't, you don't get this team. You don't inherit it from daddy. You don't let people buy teams whose kids don't want to spend. I don't care. I mean, maybe that's the conversation. Dude's too old to buy a team if his kids aren't all the way in. Right. Because he's going to die soon. Like – I don't know how you do it, but this is a non-salary cap sport. You are going to spend what it takes. There's nothing wrong with an eight-year contract. Cut them after five. Pay them for not playing. There's no cap. And if you're really good, you'll make the money back. Like, the reason to keep Cabrera around is because you, you didn't have you any— have to. Well, you didn't have any other product. Like, you need something for people to show up. Now they're better, and he's actually hitting better. And you want him to break records. He's been there long enough as a Tiger. But if a guy comes in in the middle of his career, none of the he's not breaking records or anything, and he's awful at the end, like they could have absolutely gotten rid of Victor Martinez at the end instead of watching him ground into a double play every single time. Well, and the Jordan Zimmerman contract. That, those are the things, you, you, those albatrosses that you want to avoid, right? I'm not, I yeah. can understand being frustrated paying that, but we knew what we were getting into with the Miggy contract. you got to pay a guy for a premium short. you got to pay a premium shortstop. Sure, and they ought to, they ought to go get one. And they, they, this this off season is no excuse. Two legitimate bats, and they don't both have to be Juan Gonzalez money, right? But if you look at like the early Tigers moves with what they paid Maglio was the big money, right? If I recall correctly, and what they paid Pudge was more reasonable. It was like a four year, like ten forty million dollar contract, yeah, it's like ten, $10 million. million a year. That was more, and so and, and obviously there's inflation. This is this is. You know, seventeen, eight. You know, every eighteen years later, so the contracts are different. But what I mean is, you can get a reasonable 
you know, th- th- they need those two type of players level wise in this offseason. And if you do that, and then secondly, you hire, you know, if, if I don't mind if you go after a shortstop and strike out like Correa, and then you sensibly sign somebody to a shorter deal who's a pro who's better, you know, your Carlos Guillen type. Um, I don't mind that. Is if you've signed two other really good bats at other positions, and you're going to take a stab at shortstop again in a couple of years if this doesn't work out, that's fine. That's fine too. But you you can't you can't sign the wrong guy long term, and you got to take a swing at somebody really good. And what concerns me is baseball is the slow pace and the, of the game, and everybody talking about years and oh, this lineup in two years is going to be good. And I'm sitting there like, I, dude, I don't have thinking like how old I'll be. I don't have that time. I want success now. It's like when somebody put the, I think somebody in Australia, Brisbane or something, got the two, oh, I know. 2032 um, Olympic Games. Like, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know 11 years away. They do it with football, with the scheduling. Yeah, well, that's, 2035, they're going to have a back-to-back with UCLA. I don't think that's news. I don't think anything more than five no. years out is news. I don't think there should be an article. I don't think there should be a brief. Update us again when we get closer. Agreed. That's that's. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation we're going to have next with uh, with Desmond Ferguson. I've known Desmond a long time. Desmond and I go back to the Lansing Downtown YMCA 12 and Under League uh, back when I was on a team with him, or no, sorry, against him. We were up seven with two minutes to go. Up seven in a 12 and under league with two minutes to go, and we knew we were going to lose because we could not stop him. He was like, he was two years older than me, and he, you know, I'm still at that age at 10 where the three point shot is a little bit of a heave, and Desmond's out at 25 feet just stroking it. It's already five foot 10. Just a man, it's a bad feeling. Could not, could not stop him uh, at all. Uh, Before we get to that, a reminder front 43 and cask and company. Just a terrific place to watch a game. If you're looking for a place to catch the Tigers the rest of this week, this weekend, anytime, just to chill. I'm, I'm telling you, the Front 43 bar setup is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, it's a, a great service, great place to watch. I mean, and Casking Company's got a great bar right around there, too, and it's a better place probably if you're going to take your wife on a date or something like that, a little more, um, a little more date-ish is the best way to put it. Uh, same menu. Uh, they're, they're, they're adjoining places if you haven't been there. Uh, highly, highly recommend uh, my wife and I eat there, you know, once once every couple weeks. Um, would uh, would definitely recommend that uh, as well. Um, do we want to take a break, or we want to go? He's you're trying to get uh, Desmond right now. Okay, we will uh, we will go straight to Desmond if we're not going to take a break. Also, uh, Skymint, uh, again, as I always mention, locations throughout Michigan. It's a new one in Big Rapids. For peace sake, it's a, if you're in the Big Rapids area, you can get stoned, which is what you probably need to do if you're in Big Rapids. Would be my. Uh, he did not answer. I don't know if I have his I current said, number. I said one forty-five, so he may not be ready. I apologize. I, I thought we were going to take a break before we went. To we him. can so if you want. I just didn't know. Let's take a really quick break, and we'll come back with Desmond. Couch in the room. Where else can you cheer on your team? Enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi. Sip on handcrafted cocktails or one of forty-six beers on tap. Take your game day or date night to Casket Company Kitchen Bar or Front Forty Three Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30, 60 inch TVs or stop in for the all you can eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Casket Company or Front Forty Three on East Saginaw in Lansing. Imagine a community where every young person has access to college and career training after high school. 
Justin Sheehan, Executive Director, and Kelly Dean, Chair of the Lansing Promise, are here to tell us more. The Lansing Promise provides access to place-based scholarships for every eligible young person living and schooling within the Lansing School District boundaries. Our scholars are eligible to receive tuition assistance over a four-year window to complete their associate's degree, become certified in a skilled or professional trade at Lansing Community College, or a comparable award toward their first two years at Michigan State University or Olivet College. Since 2012, over 750 graduates have received Lansing Promise Scholarships, and this group has earned over 120 degrees, certificates, and have gone on to four-year degree programs. With more than 15,000 credits earned to date, we're ready to celebrate and to facilitate the next generation of successes. Every young person deserves the opportunity to reach their dreams and achieve their full potential. Find out more at LansingPromise.org. That's LansingPromise.org. Find Couch in the Room podcasts on Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and the Rube's favorite, Podcast Addict. Couch in the Room presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis, inspiring people to do better, feel better, live better, and be better every day of their lives. Uh, very happy now to be uh, joined by uh, a friend of mine, Desmond Ferguson, uh, who owns Moneyball Sportswear. And Desmond, how you doing, man? Good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing well. It's good to have you on. And uh, you, you guys, by the way, I should say, they do like our LSJ jerseys. These guys do a great job at Moneyball. And if you've never actually, if all you've done is go, go to the Pro-Am, if you ever need a jersey, you ever need anything, Moneyball is a, a great place to go. Um, i you guys are doing something interesting right now on the name, image, and likeness stuff. Yeah. That um, and I, you know, we're, we're seeing it from the athlete perspective a little bit, and I'm wondering from the business perspective because we've seen this already with um, a, a couple local athletes who are uh, uh, Andrew Anthony Jr. is East Lansing going to play it at, at, at Michigan, um, uh, Kentry Patterson uh, as well. Like what? what you sign these guys to deals, and you know I don't know where do you see the value in that from the money ball perspective. Uh, well, you, you take the local guys in particular; uh, those guys have grown up knowing about and wearing money ball. Uh, and Trey, over the last few years, been in college. Every opportunity he get when he's home, he's coming to the store, you know, purchasing things. And I've known Andrew's father, and you know, obviously the success he's had as a as a young man, and I'm going to Michigan. Uh, but yeah, I mean it. It, it definitely uh, helps helps both parties, uh, you know, and it's it's an opportunity. But you know, we we want to approach it the the right way, and you know, obviously be able to add value to the athlete, but in in the athlete to add value for us. But we, what we've been doing is, you know, social media uh, agreements, and that's kind of what the value is of social media. So so yeah, so the requirement from them is that they're going to promote you guys on social media, right? It's nothing. Uh, is is there anything beyond that in terms of on the field or anything they have to do? No, no, no just just social media, and uh, you know we just require one post a month, so it's nothing strenuous. Uh, you know, even as I'm talking to these these uh, young student athletes, I'm giving advice on you know obviously we didn't have the opportunities when when I was in college, but they still want to keep focus on the main thing, which is the classroom and the court or the field. You know what, what have you? So you don't want to do too much just trying to go out there trying to chase a buck or some fame or a dollar because that stuff will come if you handle your business 
in the classroom and, and on the field of court. So uh, able to able to give them some advice too from a you know former athlete, but at the same time, uh, you know, help them as they continue to grow their social media accounts. Well, yeah, let's go there because you you are a former uh, you know Division One athlete. This didn't exist when you were at Missouri or Detroit, and and I'm curious, like you know. What lesson you talk about the lessons of staying focused on your craft, the classroom, the things that matter to getting paid later on. Um, yeah. But there is that balance because for some for some guys, their value is never greater than it is right now. Especially right. especially if in football, I mean, it, you know, if, if you're Andrew, Andrew Anthony, the, the the odds that you're going to make the NFL are always against you, as you, and you're going to play for a big brand like the University of Michigan. This may be as big as you ever are, um, mm-hmm. and so how do you? sort of, you know, measure those two things. You see what happened with the guy at Alabama who's a sophomore quarterback who's never played yet, and Nick Saban says he's got a million dollars already, right, right, which, right. Is, which is incredible. And, I mean, to me, while that's amazing, I wouldn't turn down the million, I also think that adds to the pressure on on that guy who's never started a game to to look like a million-dollar quarterback. But, like, what 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 is that balance? Like, what, what do you tell what, your conversations with a guy like Andrew Anthony? What are you telling him? I'm telling him to – if you're gonna accept nil deals, line yourself up with align yourself up with businesses that have some of the same core morals and principles and things that you have, and not just chase a buck or a dollar trying to have 10, 15, 20 nil deals. And um, it's obviously it's the wild, wild west. It's crazy. It's you know everybody trying to figure out what exactly the nil is. Uh, it's a lot of business out here, and there's obviously thousands of athletes. So not everybody's gonna get that million dollars that Alabama quarterback gets. Uh, and I think that's one of the main things that these student athletes have to realize. Like, the thing is, now everybody, I got to get to the bag. I'm getting to the bag. Like, just because NIL exists doesn't mean that, you know, student athletes are going to get paid a whole ton of money. And they don't want anything to take away from their, their focus. So, you know, when I talk to those guys, I'm basically telling them, like, you know, don't accept any any deal, but if it's the right deal, that doesn't require a lot of your time. Because when you're in the college level, you're thinking you got study tables, you got workouts. You got games, you got practices, uh, you got to sleep, you know, you got to rest. So you don't have time to really uh, do all the other extracurricular stuff that's going to take you away from, you know, what you're in school for. Do you think this is going to, what do you think this is going to do to locker rooms? Like, I don't know. I mean, you you see some places where quarterbacks are bringing in their offensive line. You know, I think kids are sometimes more mature than we give them credit for, and they understand Mm -hmm. what's what. Um, the flip side of that is if you get benched and you're in a position where you're making some, there, there may be a feeling like, you know, there, there's almost pressure on you to maintain a starting position or not get hurt. I mean, there are all sorts of new pressures that come on that could mess with a locker room dynamic as well. Yeah. That's a whole nother, another dynamic for coaches and coaches staff have to have to manage now because I believe it can be a locker room, locker room killer. But if you had the right culture, I think most programs would be able to, you know, hold it intact. But, you know, it's really about uh, you, you could have that star player who isn't really on social media. You know, you got to think most people that have high accounts, high followers and comments and likes on their social media accounts right now have had that over the last few years. It's still some kids that's, you know, top-level athletes that's not really on social media, so don't have much in the following. So from a business standpoint, they don't add a whole lot of value. So you can have somebody that's on the end of the bench that got 100,000 followers on Instagram and TikTok, and they add value to a business. And you may have somebody as a starter, but don't even mess with social media where they won't get that. They won't get those uh, those dollars. But then you have uh, that star player who's able to get a lot of money, and another player that might be a starter that doesn't have that following that doesn't get that money. So 
it can add some some jealousy and things into the locker room. So it's going to be interesting how that play out. So I believe there will be some, but hopefully, uh, you know, the coaching staff will be able to have the right culture to kind of limit that. So if you take yourself back to the the late nineties when you're at Mizzou and then and then Detroit, and and this existed, say this existed, say the one time transfer existed because you did transfer and, yep. and, and and had to sit out. I'm I'm wondering like how different do you think your college career would have been? What would have you been worth? Would you stayed at Missouri? Like would decisions have been different? I mean, I could say yeah, and I could say no because I, I couldn't even imagine social media exists in the way that it does now. So you don't have social media, then it really just is really just the star player, you know, the, the star, you know, point guard or shooting guard or the quarterback. Uh, so it, it changes things. And, you know, just being honest with myself, I was obviously went to University of Missouri at first and left after my freshman year went to University of Detroit, and we had a lot of success. And, you know, I, was a, I say I was a really good player, but I wasn't a star or somebody that, you know, somebody was beating on my door and or, you know, making sure that you pay X amount of dollars to see me, so uh, I, I might have got a couple dollars rather than you know working in the off season or doing different stuff, which we we still do in the summers. But uh, you had you had them athletes that would make tons of money. But social media is a game changer. Like so, I don't if if, if social media was existing when I was in college, then <laughs> it's how it, it's how it is now. It's crazy depending on the followers and the likes and you know, all that stuff that you got. How how much uh, do you miss having the the Moneyball program this summer? Man, I uh, I miss it, and I don't miss it. So I'm explaining <laughs> to you. So, so last year, obviously, uh, we couldn't have it because you know we were deep in the COVID. And okay, boom, I've been doing it for 16, 17 years. Now I get a chance to enjoy my summer. But with the COVID summer, you didn't get a chance to really enjoy it or travel or do those things. So with this summer opening up, now I get a chance to, you know, travel and do some things with us not having a program. But I am excited about getting it back on and uh i do miss those Tuesday and thursdays just you know the, the interaction with the crowd the players you know the the highlights you know give us something to do here last on Tuesday and thursday so we definitely plan on bringing it back uh next year but it, it, it is you know good to kind of spend a little time with family and and travel and do things that i want to even though i travel sometime even though games are going on because we got enough staff and people to run the league but I, I i truly want to be there on tuesday and thursday when the game's going on so but we'll, we'll be back next year for sure now you do hear that people last year got the first taste of like, hey, that's what a summer off feels like. Um, maybe maybe I maybe I don't want to do this anymore. But now that's good to hear. I think people around here uh, love that. You've got uh, you've got a party going on. It's sort of a a celebration of, of return to life a little bit. Um, and it's uh, this this Saturday at Studio Four One Four in downtown Lansing, which used to be uh, the Loft. And um, tell tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, you know, over over the year, I haven't probably done a, done a party in about nine, ten years. But we used to do a, a money ball summer jump off every year, and you know, all the you know college players and pro players, and Mateen would you know he was kind of the leader of the crew, so he had all the MSU guys and different NBA guys, and we would just you know celebrate in the summer. So we haven't done that in a while. So whatever, if I kind of been locked up and not able to do things and not be able to go out, uh, you know, we throwing a party this Saturday. And we call it the Winter Circle. So we're basically saying if you if you wake up today and you're alive. You winning. I mean, it's been so much devastation and, and truly just a lot of death and stuff going on over the last year and a half that you know we need to just celebrate life. So that's that's basically what we're doing. Just you know, it hasn't. It's not really many venues around here in Lansing, you know, for to go out and hang out and, and have a little you know fun nightlife. So we're gonna do that for this one time this Saturday over at uh, Studio Four One Four. Okay, we'll tweet this out as well. So are there still pre-sale tickets available? Yeah, yeah, we got pre-sale tickets available. Uh, 
we had like 50, 50 left, and then other than that, everything will be at the door until you know, we can't accept anyone else. All right, so it's $15 pre-sale, 20 after, uh, $20 well, after. Well, all the, all the $15 pre-sales have, have sold off, so now we only got $20 tickets. Okay, so I got you. We get 50 $15 ticket we sold all, so now we got another $50 at $20. $20, okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, you, can go to, you can get those at moneyballsportswear.com if you want to hang with, with Desmond. And uh, it's 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So this is, yeah. for, the, this is for the late crew is, is what it's for. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for the late crew, you know. Like, it's it been tough for me to even stay up for these late games <laughs> at, at 9 and end at, at midnight. So uh, i got to get me a, a nap in the middle of the day so I can stay up all night. Desmond will be asleep in the corner. That's where you can find him. He'll be, uh, he'll, he'll be at the, Desmond, I appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. I appreciate you having me. That's Desmond Ferguson from Moneyball Sportswear. Uh, interesting stuff there. Little show note. No Friday show. Okay. Uh, little conflict with just logistical conflict with Big Ten Media Days and when MSU goes and how we can make that work. We apologize. We will make it up to you and then some on Monday with just the most badass show we've ever had. Do you believe that? Yeah. Okay. Just like I believed Al Avila last night when he was in the booth. Yeah. Little Skyman will get you through the weekend. We apologize sure. for that Friday. Uh, but we'll be back Monday. And, uh, and looking forward to that. Uh, thanks to uh, Cody. Thanks to Desmond. Thanks to Front 43 and Cask and Company. Thanks to Skyman. And thanks to you for listening. Jason, good show. Yeah, man. Couch on the Roof. Find Couch in the Rude podcasts on Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.